off the ball. That was serious. He was furious. He wanted his net. Just won the World Cup and you won't let me clip a little panel of net. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. For the next hour, as I said, we're on the radio and news talk here on Off the Ball Saturday. We're also streaming for good reason YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter because the legendary sports file photographer Ray McManus has joined me in studio. Afternoon, Ray. How are things? Good afternoon, Shane. I don't Legendary use, now is a bit. I don't use that term t- too often. And, and, and it was a I thought never through. use it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thought through word. But I think uh, given the. Uh, the length of your career and uh, you know the events you've been at and the photographs that you've taken over the years, legendary is is probably a word we can use. Thank you. It's not something I'd use myself. I, I don't look on... Uh, I look at the last match as just the one I've just done. And yes. Tomorrow I'll be in Kilkenny. I haven't been on the road for a while now. And tomorrow I'm in Kilkenny and I'm only as good as tomorrow's match. <laughs> is, is it 40, 40 years or approaching 40 years? Even with sports uh, Give or take 10. It's 40 years, yeah. yeah like yeah. It, It's something that you you start... Like, I started out when I won... Uh, I won £53 at the Dogs one night in Harold's Cross. <laughs> I'm from Harold's Cross, and uh, there was a dog up from Longford. And to be honest with you now, you could run away from the dog if you wanted to, but the, there was a tip going for him that night, and we backed him, and uh, I won 53 quid, which is probably... It's probably £1,500 now. And uh, Saturday, I went in and bought a... Zenity camera, an old Russian Zenity camera, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy a Zenity now, <laughs> but uh, it was it was just something I bought, and then I went off taking a few pictures of this and the pictures of that, and you know. So whether it's forty or fifty years, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'm not counting just yet. The Zenity would be an antique now, nearly, wouldn't it? Oh, the ZE would be a valuable item at the moment now. To be honest with you. It's somewhere in some attic, somewhere. I'm not sure where it is, to be honest with yes. you. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not sort of precious on all these things. To me, to me, tomorrow's match is the most important. You know, you know that's when, it. Absolutely. Like, do you know when you're a kid and and people are asking you in school and stuff, what what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, for you, what was the answer to that question when you were a kid? Well, I don't really know now because school wasn't uh, school wasn't a great thing in that. It didn't particularly agree with me now. Schooling was, was a bit of a... Schooling was a bit strenuous in that I started off in, in O'Connell's schools on the north side in uh, 1A, 2B, 3C, 4D, 5E and 6F. So I was consistent. Mind you, it was on a downward trajectory. <laughs> but uh, I then failed the entrance to the secondary school. And then I got in the back door into Plas Mura over in in uh, around Dorset Street there Mary's Place and uh, it closed down after 12 months so like we didn't really agree and then I went on to Brunswick Street and I had the honourable distinction I'm not sure if I was the only one in school but I certainly had the distinction of being one of the exclusive group who failed the Inter Right So I said here this isn't for me and uh, I got out and I had a job within a week or 10 days selling uh, furniture and electrical goods with a the man called a man called Ted Maguire, the late Ted Maguire, in Talbot Street, and he was a brilliant man in that he taught me how to sell. And ultimately, selling was my point when it came to photography because I uh, I went on then to work in another furniture shop and uh, 
they closed down because it was ultimately British owned and they decided to get out of ERA. And uh, I had to take up the camera then and I joined with a man, the late Jim O'Kelly, and he could process film. He was brilliant at processing film and all that sort of thing. And I wasn't too bad at selling them because that's where my <laughs> expertise was. And uh, the rest is history. Unfortunately, Jim left and he went to the Indo and more regrettably, he since passed away. But I was left holding the baby with Sportsfile and we're now a business that has 20 people employed. Brilliant. So I say, you know, what about school? I didn't really bother. It didn't. It didn't quite agree with me, you know. Well, whatever about the intercert. I mean, school of life is nearly, as well, you say, more important. As they say up around your part of the country, an ounce of pluck is worth a ton of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the Monaghan. That's the, the Monaghan colourful language for you. Well, I yeah. would have taught more Cavan now than Cavan. Yeah, 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 yeah. We won't Name be. Them. We won't be roped in with them lads. No, 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 no. no, no, no they're lovely people in Cavan. I have to say as well. Uh, keep your friends close, as they say. Um, Ray, a season of Sundays before you come into studio, we were looking outside at, and we have some of them behind you in studio here today. 1997 was the first year of a season of Sundays. How did the, the idea come come about? Because people will see it there. A lot of people will be familiar with the season of Sundays. It's a collection of some of Sports Files' um, best photos from across the previous 12 months, uh, from across the world of sport in Ireland. And, uh, of course, you can pick it up for Christmas in, in all good bookstores, I'd imagine. And and thanks be to God, it's not too expensive because Carol's the uh, Tullamore sponsor it. And without them, by the way, it couldn't come out because we start in about... The 1st of February, and uh, we walk right through until July or August getting it ready. Um, I was driving along one day, and a man, well, a man, the late, I seem to be talking about the late in every case here, but the late Raymond Smith worked for the independent newspapers. And I remember he called me one day, uh, not while I was driving, but when I was out, or I was in the office one day, and he called me and he said, Ray, Raymond Smith here, made a very distinct sharp voice and he said uh, would you have any old photos lying around I'm doing the annual and I said what do you mean like lying around well he said ones like that would fall on the dark room floor wouldn't be up to the wouldn't be much you know I'll take them and I said to myself whatever work I do I'm not I don't mean to be anybody like Karsh or any of these great photographers to me I just take pictures and I like taking pictures and that's it but your man wanted any old pictures lying around and I said, there has to be a better way of displaying the pictures. So I rang my good friend when I got back, or whenever I was, had a chance, I rang my good friend, Padder Staunton. He's a Mayo man. Poor man is still trying to wait on them to win Sam. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, I said to him, what can we do? You know, And he said, look, go into the Easons, he said, and have a look and see what you think you have in mind. So I went into Easons the next Saturday or the week after it, and I saw a book on... Uh, sailing or uh, harbours around Ireland that were taken from the sky and uh, it was a lovely book and it was exactly that size 290 by 290 so many pages in it and I said here we'll put one on every page and we'll see how it goes and I've been lucky enough to have had Aer Lingus and, and now as I say Carol's sponsoring it because while many people produce books and they're not sponsored uh I find that it's rather expensive to bring that out to the standard that we have uh, achieved in that it's good quality, nice paper. Uh, Paul and PB print prints it. And, you know, so there's there's a lot of things and there's a lot of dedication. I wouldn't make money out of that. Mm. But I love what I do and I love to show it off. 
You know, I remember another time going to going to a man who wanted to see me that he was thinking his company was thinking of uh, hiring Sportsfile to do some work. And I walked in and he handed me this little business card like that. And he said, that's my card. And I turned around to him and handed a book and I said, that's my card. <laughs> so... And yeah. then, of course, he looked at the book and said, oh, yeah, you can take photographs out, right? Yeah. So who, needs a, who needs a CV when you have a, a book to show well, off all your work? Well, we, that, we traditionally use the book as our CV, you know, and it's not, it's not my book, it's our book. Everybody in... Actually, that's the picture that's on at the moment. Uh, that's, that picture is the first time that I've had the cover of the book, right? That's Sean O'Shea of Kerry and his teammates after uh, on the 10th of July. And they've just beaten Dublin. And... <laughs> Like it's about to me, it's about capturing a moment and getting a nice cover, and you know that's look. It's more, it's more about producing the book than it is making profit. Yes, and and that, that's money doesn't motivate me. Hundred percent. That's one of the photos that we'll get to. You very kindly provided a number of photographs from across your career that, we, that we're going to dive into. Now, how many of them we'll get through, we'll see. And, and of course, there's a radio audience here and podcast. So if you're listening. We'll describe the photo as best we can for you. And, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, you'll see the, the image pop up. Um, so we're starting, I think, Ray, with the first photograph that'll pop up here, 6th of February 1982. So for the people listening on radio, A.M. Hosey, the Scottish referee, signalling an Irish try, scored by Ginger McLaughlin. This is uh, England versus Ireland well, at Twickenham. To be fair, it's, it's just one of my favourite pictures. It's a bit, it's old and it's in black and white. And as you say, it's from February 1982. But the the reason I show it is that you have to actually describe that Ginger McLaughlin is at the bottom of the pile because it's probably best looked at this picture in, in TV land on, on YouTube or somewhere because Ginger McLaughlin got the ball about 30 yards out. Some say it was 150 yards out, but <laughs> it was probably about 30 yards out. And he literally pushed and pulled and dragged half of the English team and three quarters of the Irish team until he eventually got over the line. And it became famous, and there wasn't that many pictures of it. And as I say, it's not a particularly clear picture, you know, but he is at the bottom of the pile, and, the you know, the fans are all looking on, and it's just, it's sort of nostalgic, you know. 1982, like 40 years ago in February, like, like can can you take your yourself back to matches like that in, in, in at the speed of thought, or is it a case of... Well, you I can can't tell remember you, it. I can tell you that I was sitting at the end of the goal line. I had a Nikon camera on with a 180 lens on. And those of you that are into photography, it's a 180 millimeter lens. That's kind of medium telephoto lens, you know, without getting too technical into it. Uh, it was manual focus. And you literally just, you know, focus and fire. It's That's it. It's nothing. There's no... See, I'm not into all this arty-farty stuff about photography and all... You know, I am an artist and all that. I take pictures and I sell them. That's it. Like, there's no pictures at home on my wall. There's perhaps... Really? Perhaps there's uh, there's one or two of my daughter and uh, latter years, there's one or two of Rian and, and uh, Luca, my two grandchildren. But, but like, I have a, another picture on the wall. I have one other picture on the wall at home that we'll come to later on. But uh, very few, you know... It, the old saying, nearer to church, the further from God. You know, I'm not, uh, like you've 10 times more pictures on, on the walls here than I have. Right. You know? But then you probably don't do, put 
sort of podcasts up on your wall at home. You know? <laughs> that's true. It's, it's tough work. Done. Yeah, it's work, yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, that's a fair point. Like that photograph uh, there, uh, it, and it's it's one of those great things about photography. You've got the obviously the, the English and Irish players at Twickenham in the foreground, but it's really about the facial expressions in the background. Well, You've got like people with just sh- pure unfiltered joy. Yeah, and and to some extent, I'd say the few Brits that amongst them are probably in shock as well. Like yeah. that, that would be at that time, it would probably be predominantly uh, an, an English audience. You know, in that whatever few tickets the Irish lads got, they were probably in the stand. Yes, or, well, or midfield maybe, but. And uh, as you know, no more than ourselves, the the um, the Irish or the English rather don't like Ireland scoring tries. Yeah, of course. Twickenham. Why would Excuse they? Excuse me. Yeah, 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 no. yeah. Ah, it's a wonderful photograph. Young man, what's the story? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, the second photograph Ray, is it's iconic. Uh, so, eleventh of February, nineteen eighty-six. For those of you listening, Jack Charlton, accompanied by Joe Delaney, the assistant honorary treasurer of the FAA at the time, arriving at Dublin Airport just four days after he was appointed as Republic of Ireland manager. When you know now, in hindsight, what what went, what happened thereafter, and the the joy and great days that Jack brought us, it it just brings home how iconic. It, like you can see his first step, the, the step he's taken there from the arrivals lounge, and I, you'd almost compare it to Neil Armstrong's first step on the moon. Like that is Jack Charlton stepping on Irish soil for the first time and as Irish manager. Yeah, and the most important part of that uh, picture is, in fact, the word arrivals. Yeah. You know, any anybody, including myself, could have zoomed in. You know, as a rule, you'd zoom in on the subject. You know, and say, get a nice tight picture of the subject arriving. Uh, I had what we would call in the trade. I had information to suggest that he was his arrival was imminent. Okay, yeah. And uh, you know yourself in the in the trade, you might get an odd occasional tip off. And I was in that. I used to do a lot of soccer football at the time, so I was in the. I was in the inner circle that would hear these things and uh, I just went out. But the most important thing to me was to have the word arrivals. Like, it's nothing to me without the word arrivals because, and by the way, he's with, and people will say, and I'll probably get a rap on the knuckles for this, but he's with one of the nicest men I ever met, Joe Delaney. Yeah. You know, Joe Delaney is a gentleman. He was the honorary treasurer at the time in the FAI. And uh, I didn't know he'd be accompanying him now, to be honest with you. And how he even got into arrivals, I don't know. But then Joe got himself into many corners. But, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you trying to, you know, you say you got a tip off that he was arriving. Like, do you have to, are you waiting in the airport for ages? Do you know exactly what time to, uh, to be there? I don't recall now. But again, you know, he was coming from the UK, so there wouldn't be too many destinations. And remember, it's back in 1986. Like, the airport wasn't flooded with passengers at the time. Uh, but... No, I would have had an indication that he was coming, say, at, in the afternoon or in the evening. I think that's actually in the evening time, if I recall correctly. But uh, you'd have information to suggest that, yeah, he'll be coming between five and seven. You know, so you look up and say, well, there's a one in from Leeds there at seven o'clock and there's one in from London at six o'clock. You know, so, you know, you... you Best guess. Well, yeah, you get out and then the main thing is to be ready. Yes. You know, having the information... And not being ready is the that's the problem, you know. It's even you, the, the lads in the it's February, uh, so they've got the big coats and, and Jack has the the famous hat on him as well. There, it's yeah. And like I wouldn't have interacted with him or anything. I just you know I just took a shot and they walked by and there was no hello. How are you getting on? No, like 
we in sports well that would be a thing we'd say like we're we're not going around high-fiving you know there's some you'd see an odd photographer fan you know that would be going around high-fiving yes. players and all that oh how are you buddy no we would treat them as professionals and there to know, do a job well they're the, the players and the managers for that are there to do a job and while we would know like I would know a lot of players and you know like like if, if Brian Fenton ran out in Crow Park ran past me he'd say how are you Ray yeah but but I wouldn't go around high-fiving him and saying, oh, how are you, Brian? You know, no, he just, he's courteous. Paul McGrath used to do it. You know, a lot of players would do it if they just happened to run out past you. They'd say hello, but like, that'd be it. You know, you wouldn't be... Uh, sure, they'd see you everywhere. So it's, you know, they're, they're going to well, get to know you as a, as a, as a, well, as a regular around the that place. That happens too. The, the next photograph, Ray, um, so this is uh, the following year, 12th of July, 1987. Um, Nicky English. Tipperary's Nicky English celebrating scoring a goal after kicking the ball into the net of course the famous kicked goal he lost his hurl during this Munster Senior Hurling Championship final uh, tip against Cork Semba Stadium in Turles uh, and for anyone who's looking at it on camera there you'll see number 15 back to the camera the short shorts from the late 80s the beautiful tip jersey with the sleeves rolled up uh, it's an iconic photograph Ray isn't it? Uh, it is because Nicky wore his hair long as well you know and you'd know like I'd know, okay, I took that one, but I'd know the, I'd know Nicky English, you know, no matter, there's a lot of players you'd know, no matter what way they turn, you know, so, and Nicky is a lovely fella, and as you say, it was a, a rather uh, famous score in that he, you know, he kicked the ball, but, ah, come here, it's also nice because the background is out of focus, and, and, Another thing there is that I probably had the wrong lens on at that stage. So when he kicked it, I would either see his upper body or his lower body because the zoom on the lens was such that he was too close to me. Yes. So I missed him. Like, well, that you call that a good picture. That to us would be a bad picture because we've actually missed the scoring of the goal. <laughs> but in turn, then you take what you get. And then what you get is him turning and running away. And that in itself makes it yeah. possibly a better picture. The fact that his face isn't in it, you know, it, it nearly adds to it. Yeah, but like there wouldn't be many that wouldn't know 15 with a head of hair like that, with even in black and white, you know, to coach Amanda from the from the, the snooker many years ago, you know, if you're watching in black and white, you know, the blue is in the right hand yeah. corner. Like you'd know that that's a temporary jersey. And as you say, the short shorts, it's it's him all over, you know. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, just Good fella too, by the way. Nicky English, yeah, yeah. an absolute legend. Good fella. An absolute legend. Uh, the next photo, twelfth uh, of April, nineteen ninety eight. For those uh, listening, we've got the former Taoiseach, Bertie Hearn, the then Taoiseach, congratulated for his efforts in the peace talks uh, by supporters. So he's driving himself and his two daughters away here, uh, Ray, from Croke Park, following the Church and General National Football League semi final. So Donegal against Offaly at Croke Park in Dublin. Um, this is a brilliant photograph. This, this is around the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, it, again, it's just a simple photograph, but there's a, a number, like really a number of things about, about the photograph. And, and it's, it wouldn't be technically brilliant. Like if you see the man on the right-hand side, the, my flash is hitting him too much. You know, it's... But, and then the Taoiseach is driving. That's the starters. Like, <laughs> yeah. Taoiseach don't drive. You don't see that need anymore. Well... Bertie would have driven a number of times, you know, in that he would have been there in his private capacity. So he wasn't necessarily there as Taoiseach. He was there, you know, I can't remember who was playing at the match now, but 
National Football League semi-final. It was probably Dublin were involved. It was, uh, I said it anyway, I, uh, just the fact that he's there saying hello, a lot of people looking on. And if I recall, that was the time his mother died. And if I recall, he returned to Belfast, you know, after that. So, and I, if I recall now, what's that, 25 years ago, isn't it? Donegal Offaly, it was as well. Yeah, yeah Donegal Offaly. Yeah. Because you're a fair man on the stats or the else you're quick on that keyboard. That's your that's your caption, thankfully, giving that info to me. Oh, is it? Sorry. Oh, I see it there now. Yeah, Donegal Offaly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not that quick off the mark, don't worry. Yeah, but it's just a simple and historic picture. That's the thing is that it's, you know... Had we had a season of Sundays, it might have been in at that stage. You know? yeah, no doubt. Could have been a cover one in 1988 mm. for sure. Uh, the next photograph is 10 years previous to that. So 12th of June, 1988. A famous goal here. Republic of Ireland's Ray Houghton on the right of the picture. He's celebrating. He's wheeling away with his teammates, Ronnie Whelan, uh, as John Aldridge and Paul McGrath run to join in. And then England left to right. You've got Neil Webb, the goalkeeper Peter Shilton, Tony Adams, Captain Brian Robson, John Barnes and Kenny Sampson all uh, claiming for an offside with the arms up. So this was the Euros, 1988, Group B, Republic of Ireland against England at the Necker Stadion in Stuttgart. Um, and iconic. It must have been special to be there that day, Ray, because we, we talk about the game all these years later uh, with, with, with such nostalgia and uh, pride. Kind of as I line up here now to talk to you, I kind of get the buzz. The buzz that was there that day, you know, because I can, I can recall... Uh, like I can recall, I went out. I went out on a, an Aer Lingus flight that day, and uh, if I recall correctly, it was the first time they had flown into uh, Stuttgart. And uh, I know that, like, it's mad, 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 mad when you think of it now. I could turn this camera up here, this phone, and turn up, take your picture, and have you all over the world in one second, right? But at that time, I had film. Right, and I was working for I won't name them just now to save the embarrassing the Irish Times. Um, th- but I was working with the Irish Times at the time, and I was sending back film, and the the flight attendant had agreed to take the film. <laughs> right, so we met at half time, and I gave the film because that flight was going back earlier than I was. Right. Yes. So they sent back the film. The film was processed, and I said, "Look, what's role number three? For example, there's a picture on it. Ray Houghton scored the goal." And the picture appeared in the paper the next day. And if I recall correctly, the caption read, uh, Ireland players react as Ray Houghton brackets not in picture. <laughs> because what they'd done is they had cropped it in as far as the O in Coleraine. Oh, no. <laughs> cut out Houghton. <laughs> and cut out Houghton. I mean, of all men to cut out from the but front. But it was back. a sort of, they needed, they needed the guy on the left with the ball and they needed Shilton in goal and, you know, they needed... They needed space for everything, yes. except they didn't have the goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't but, believe in hiding out of that picture. But it was, um, it was a mad day and the buzz around the place. But the buzz around the place at, those, at that time was phenomenal anyway. Yes. You know, like it was, if you're Irish, you're into the parlour, you know, kind of like the place was taken over. It was, they were running riot in a metaphorical sense. Yes. You know, there was nobody bold about it, but it was just, the Irish were mad. You know? 
What Mad a, and great. Yes, what a day. 12th of June 1988, iconic goal for Ray Hyden against England in Stuttgart, of course. Uh, another um, Irish footballing legend in the next photograph race. So this is the 6th of September 89 and it kind of reminds me of the Nicky English photo in that you only see the back and you see the, the jersey number. This one uh, is in colour. So this is this is a famous man, Liam Brady. If you're watching this on radio, you got to see it somewhere. you got to try and see this picture because this would be one of my all-time favourite pictures and I, I don't have, I don't, I don't cherish an awful lot in that I'm not I'm not into photography per se. Uh, but if you see this picture, it is from behind. Again, the head, you know, the the arms down. And if you look at the two shoulders, they are definitely dropped a little bit. Yes. The, the suggestion at the time was that Charlton didn't particularly fancy Liam Brady as a player or as a midfielder or as whatever. And as it transpired, that was the last time that Brady played. If yeah. I recall correctly, it was a fr- this is a friendly against Germany at Lansdowne yeah. Road. But I believe it's the last time he played, and I would think that looking at the back of him and the way he slouched, his head is down and his two shoulders are dropped down, as opposed to standing up or nice and firm and strong. Body language is totally opposite to Nicky English, like from yeah. behind, you can yeah. completely yeah. opposite. Nicky English has chest out, you know, running away in glory. Uh, Liam Brady is clearly has everything down here and probably knows it's the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, you right. can tell. There's no coming back here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, nice. it's a brilliant, brilliant photograph, I have to say. Um, the next one then, we'll, we'll rifle through them. It's 14th September 1997. James O'Connor of Clare well, watching his shot sailing over the crossbar. So this is the Guinness All-Ireland Hurling Final, Clare and Tipperary at Croke Park in Dublin, September 1987. Uh, and this is the, the winning point for Clare. Well, this is one that breaks the rules because in our game, it's kind of the unwritten rule is no ball, no picture, <laughs> right? Because if you haven't got a ball in it, then it's not a picture. But there are occasional exceptions and this is definitely one of them. James O'Connor has hit a shot and I've missed. I'm a half a second too late. But I'm the only one that actually got the motion of him actually striking the ball and he scored a point and that point was the difference between them and Tipperary which meant we win the All-Ireland. And the Clare fans in the background as well. Pardon? The Clare fans in the background. It actually, as it happens, the, my wife is from Scariff in County Clare and she would have identified a number of people from <laughs> the area, believe it or not, in yeah. the background of the picture. But it's a, it's a relatively historic picture and it's also... Like, it's also, if you look at it, you know, there's people sitting in what used to be the sideline seats in the front of Hogan Stand. Like, that'll never be repeated. You know, there's the old wire mesh, or it wasn't barbed wire, but there was wire mesh along the whole front of the Hogan Stand. Uh, and But it's just, like, he's off the ground, he's hitting the ball, or as I say, he has hit the ball, but it's a winning point. Absolutely, it kind of, kind of similar to the to the Joe Canning famous photograph that was on a cover of a season of Sundays in 2017. The winning point from that All Ireland semi final Galway against Tip, where you can almost tell by the by the player's face whether or not it's going to yeah, cover the bar. And and I can tell you that I don't know how it is, but they know once it leaves the stick. Yeah, they know. You just have a feeling. Yeah, yeah, they they know they know the flight. They know the way they're after hitting it. They know if it's going to be strong enough to hit it. You know. 
no, they know well what's happening. You yeah. know, we have to take a quick, quick ad break. But we might just do one more photograph before the ad break, and then do the remainder on the, on the far side. Ray, it's brilliant yeah. just to go through all these. But it, it's another hurling one. So twentieth of but July, two thousand and two. Uh, I have to say, this looks painful. Eugene yeah. Clunan of Galway breaking his hurl on Brian Quinn's forehead as he attempts to prevent him from clearing. This is Clare versus Galway, All Ireland hurling quarter final at Croker in uh, July of two thousand and two, twenty years ago. Well. I have to come clean here and say that that's the caption I wrote back on the 28th of July in 2002 and it's a lie. It's wrong. Okay. It's an it's an illusion. This picture is actually an illusion because, in fact, the Hurley has broken a moment earlier. Right. And he pursues him with the broken Hurley. <laughs> so, as it, you know, as he's going in, the Hurley should be long and strong, but in fact it's bent. So where's the other piece? The other piece is in his hand. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest of it is just yeah. the but, other side of his head. But I thought for a long time, and I know that uh, that hung in the the Press Photographers Association of Ireland have an exhibition every year, uh, and that hung at the time in the exhibition, and I'm, I'm glad to report too, by the way, that AIB Bank are now coming back in to support the photographers, which is a great, great thing for photography the fact that AIB have come back as a sponsor. But that was um, that was in, in the exhibition at the time. And I felt a little wrong about it in that it does look as if he'd broken it. Yes. But the truth is that he hasn't actually broken it. But <laughs> the camera never lies, so there it is. There it is. Make yeah, what you yeah. want of it. A brilliant know? photograph. Uh, Ray, stay with us. We're just going to take a quick, quick ad break. So it's Ray McManus of Sports Violence Studio with us. Keep your text coming in as well to 53106. Uh, someone says here, Ray, I'm missing one edition of Season of Sundays. Can it be gotten anywhere? I'll tell you, the best is the local the local sale or the local whatever. What I don't know what year it yeah, is. but it could be any year, I suppose. Th- there are a few of them that are not available. I was in a, I was in a charity shop one day in, in uh, Parliament Street and I saw a book for sale and the man had the audacity to ask me for a fiver for it and I said, give it to me quick. Yeah, because it couldn't be got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the look of the draw is I everywhere I go, I go anywhere I go, any town, any place, I go into the shop that's selling the old stuff and I try and buy it back. But yeah. I haven't bought one in years. Unbelievable. Sorry about uh, that, listener. No problem. Very welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. Shane Handel with you through until five o'clock. Ireland twenty eight, Fiji seventeen. Now Fiji have scored a try since we were speaking to you last. Sixty nine minutes on the clock at the Aviva Stadium, while in the Premier League, Brentford have stunned Manchester City at the Etihad two one. Ivan Tony with both goals for Brentford, including an injury time winner. In that one, we're live uh, on uh, on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk, and uh, we're also live on video as well, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter on the stream. Because Ray McManus of Sportsfile, the uh, sports photography legend, is with me in studio. Uh, Ray, we've, we've been going through some of your uh, your fantastic photographs from over the years. We've uh, we've got a bit of time to, to get through uh, a few more of them. So the next one we have is twenty fourth of June two thousand and three, Josephat Kipkoviv of Kenya on his way to winning the gold medal at the 5,000 metres final. This is the Special Olympics World Summer Games in 2003 at Morton Stadium in Santry in Dublin. And uh, for people who can't see this photograph, what's iconic is you see the track, the red track with the white line and bare feet for the uh, the Kenyan athlete. Yeah, Special Olympics has been special to me for the last 30 or whatever number of years it is since Mary Davis or Julian Davis, perhaps. I don't know. I think it was Mary Davis actually called me they were setting up Special Olympics Ireland and uh, I've tried to support them in some nominal way over many years but this particular picture that you speak of is literally a pair of bare feet and it's unusual in the sense that obviously 
every runner runs in proper shoes and all that. But this guy, just Joseph, decided from Kenya that he'd run in his bare feet. And rather than take his facial expression or him winning the li- crossing the line or whatever, I decided to take his feet. And as I say, you know, it it'll probably uh, it'll bring us into the. It's unusual that I have. Well, actually, they're slightly in the wrong order because the next picture I have is one that I took of uh, Muhammad Ali with uh, Nelson Mandela. Oh, yes. Brilliant photograph. And uh, that has become somewhat iconic, too, in that uh, it it's frightening in a sense. And you get a kind of a buzz when you're in a room with all the with these like to me, every athlete is the same. Whether it's Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, Owen Kelly, Nicky English, Brian <laughs> Fenton. They're all they're all the same to me. They're all doing their best. They're all the same. Mm. And uh, you know whether they're the world star or you know just the local star, I'm not worried. But that day, I was all ready to take the picture, and the next thing, someone comes up and says, "Now you know, uh, you can't use a flash in here." <laughs> you know what? Now, if it happened today, it wouldn't be any problem because, as the lads in Birmingham would tell you, the, downtown there, they the uh, the cameras they have now should uh, they nearly take the picture themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. But. Uh, well, certainly Brian Whelan, the boss man down there, would tell you anything. But he, um, he, the man came over and said, look, don't uh, don't use the flash. So I had to change my tack on that particular picture. And uh, look, it's it's fine. Uh, what do you call him? Uh, Muhammad Ali is the only one I ever asked for an autograph in nearly 40 years. Amazing. And believe it or not, I can't find the autograph now. <laughs> But also, I had a little notebook. I'm prone to having a little black notebook, like a Garda's notebook. And he signed on one page, and it wasn't good enough. And he flicked on to the next, and I signed again. And it wasn't good enough, and he flicked on again. <laughs> and honestly, he just, he was... He got a few of them. Uh, yeah, but none of them were right. Now, I can't find the notebook, but... It'll, show, it'll show up at some at some point, hopefully. Which is life. Yeah, a brilliant photograph. It was South African performer, South African president, Nelson Mandela, landing a straight left on the chin of Muhammad Ali. So the South African Special Olympics athlete uh, looking on in the, in, in the background as well. Uh, so be, that was the Four Seasons Hotel in Balls Bridge in Dublin. I'll be going to Berlin, please God, next year to do the World Special Olympic Games again. Brilliant. Watch out for the special athletes. They are worth watching. They love to see their picture in the paper. Yeah, yeah. There's a buzz. There's the same buzz about that as there was the England-Ireland game in Stuttgart. Yes. That's the buzz I get when I do special. You see their face when they realise they're in it. Absolutely. Um, There's a buzz in the next photograph for 5th of September 2010. uh, Tribal right so Tipperary players celebrating around the Liam McCarthy Cup following its safe arrival back into their, into their, into their dressing room reads the caption. So this, of course, uh, br- broke the, the stranglehold of the great Kilkenny team of that era. The tip players there banging the table, water bottles and, and Lucasades and everything else strewn around the dressing room. Smiles all around and uh, sheer joy on the, on the face of the Tipperary players here, Ray. Yeah, and like there wouldn't be many people would get into the dressing room after a match. Uh, thankfully, I'd have enough respect and the players would have respect I'll never show them in a bad light you know I don't think it's my business to show anybody particularly in a bad light now if there's a row or a boxing match then we'll take it and we'll send it out but you know if there's somebody undressed or something like that then I wouldn't bother so yes and they they would have confidence in me and say oh that's right you know he won't do you right Um, but uh, Owen Kelly who I'd known and Owen Kelly, by the way, is only embarking on his managerial career, and I think he'll be 
he'll be one of the managers of the future. He'll be a he'll be a Jim Gavin, believe it or not. I believe in the future, right? Because he does a lot of things very methodical and all that. But I had slagged on as I've slagged on for twenty years. But I've slagged on. Uh, many year, times during that year and I said look if you win the All-Ireland I'm going into the dressing room and he said look Ray that's a promise you know so <laughs> I went in and if you have their radio on now you can turn the volume down because they literally banged on the <laughs> bang 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 on the table and just the buzz in there was just something else like mad now I would have kept that for that year's season of Sundays because I don't publish the pictures from the dressing room the next morning. There's no point. Yes. You have the guys lifting the cup, you have the great action, you have the last minute goal, you have whatever it is, no need to publish them. You know? Days thereafter. But uh, some crack in that dressing room, I can I tell can you. imagine. I can imagine. Um, some choice language, no doubt, and songs and, and tunes and, and everything else. Uh, really great photograph. The next one, 18th of May 2011. So this is the late uh, Queen Elizabeth II listening to a speech made by the Uachtaráin Cumann Lúthlas Gael Christor Kuna during her tour of Croke Park. So this was the state visit, of course, the famous state visit by uh, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh at the time. And this was taken in Croke Park, Ray. Yeah, it... I'm sort of fascinated in that she accidentally chose a yellow yellow suit, yellow hat, yellow everything, right? And then she stands in front of a gold-coloured crest sewn, you know, 1884. And for those of us who would know of the punishment and everything that Irish people sustained over many, many years, I believe that she's just paying attention, listening to Christy Cooney, and there's just something unusual the fact that the placement of where she happened to stand vis-a-vis where I was standing Mm. you know it just made it slightly different it's nothing it's not a brilliant ever photograph but it's a historical occasion you know yeah absolutely the next one this is a poignant one so this one's called Scrum Half yeah the next one brought me you know second prize in the sports category in the world press in uh, in twenty. I'm not sure it was a 2011 or 2012. It was taken 2011, yeah. 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 But th- the thing about this is that I wouldn't be known for my rugby prowess, you know, but it w- it proved to be, you know, a, a very, well, it proved to be good enough that the judges saw fit to uh, award it second prize in the world. Now, when I say second prize in the world, that's like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of photographs. Regrettably, I say now, and I send my condolences to Vincent and Ita, this man's mum and dad, the player that's most prominent, the scrum half, is Conor Crowley. And while it's a great picture, I'm saddened to say that actually um, Conor passed away in August of earlier this year. Oh. I, I believe I believe your man in in, uh, in Aviva today is also in the photograph. Yeah, that, and if you, you can see in the photograph for the people there. So this is a game between um, Old Belvedere and Black Rock. Heavy rain in Dublin on, on the night. And there's mud. That, what makes this photograph iconic for people who can't see it. You can see the droplets of rain coming down, the steam coming off the players, and the torrential conditions, the mud. And on the far right of that photograph, Andy Dunn. Uh, and we might actually go to Andy at the Aviva Stadium. It's Ireland 35, Fiji 17. But Andy... You're you're in the you're in this photograph. You've texted me once you heard that Ray was on, and uh, it is an iconic photograph. And uh, very sad that Conor Crowley is no longer with us. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a poignant photograph. I mean, as a standalone image, 
um, I've heard it compared to a Caravaggio painting and I think it's a brilliant um, comparison because it does look like Renaissance art. It doesn't actually look to me like a real photo or image. Um, there was something about the, the lighting, obviously, that Ray captured. Um, it was torrential rain. There was floodlights. It was not typical for what people probably see in, in modern sport. The pitch, people covered in mud, you know, stadiums and and the like now are very clean and and uh, players don't get covered in mud anymore so it's it's a very evocative image from from kind of rugby in the past and also it's it's now become this very poignant image as i think it was entitled scrum half uh, by ray and and the the um, focus of the picture is connor crowley who is a brilliant uh, scrum club scrum half for black rock and has, has sadly passed away uh, since last august so yeah it's an amazing image absolutely uh, great stuff, Andy. We'll come back to you for for more on the on the game as well. Of course, Ireland thirty five, Fiji seventeen. It is a, it, it's an iconic photograph that makes it more all the more poignant, Ray. I think, doesn't it? The fact yeah, that Connor has passed away. That that's unfortunate, and and it is particularly regrettable. And as I say, uh, his mum and dad are Vincent and Edith, and I I would extend even at this late stage my condolences to them. Uh, on a on sort of on a different side to that understanding that he has since passed away, but. As I said, I don't do rugby that much, and of course, every match at the time in the league was it's always on at half two. <laughs> so Ray goes about ninety minutes before the match. So ninety minutes before half two is about one o'clock yeah. thereabouts. So Ray arrived around down Tall Belvedere at one o'clock and went in. Uh, not a sinner in the place, <laughs> and I said, "Well." who's going to give me the teams and they said well what are you looking for the teams for anyway to cut a long story short it was an international day and there was a match in France I think it was that day and the match was on at 3 o'clock and this match wasn't on until say 6 o'clock or whenever the so I ended up going into the bar I don't drink but I had a diet coke above in the bar and I had to sit around and eventually while we had a lovely afternoon we watched the match and everything was fine then came the match and as soon as the match came the rain came. Unbelievable. And I got drowned. I did get a lovely picture. And because it was a scrum half, we didn't even send it out on the day. Like it, You don't really send out pictures of scrum half. But when the competition came around, I said, here, we might enter that. Yeah. And Andy is actually, you'll not be able to see this on screen, but Andy Dunn has texted me on another photograph you took from that night where yeah. he's on the right-hand side helping to carry off a well, player. You can uh, see how mucky it was then. Yeah. And as Andy said, as Andy said it's... It's like a Caravaggio that the scrum half painting. You know, it's thank you, so Andy. Much, there's thank so much you, Andy. On. But yes, I'm not one, as I said at the start. I don't gloat or I don't shout about it. Yeah, yeah. But but you can let other people do that it, for you. It's when I say I don't have pictures at home, I have that picture on my wall. Oh, in the brilliant, office. brilliant. That and a Dublin team picture that I have make taken many years ago. But other than that, they're the only two pictures I have. And rightly so, you have it up on the wall. Uh, we're nearly out, out of time, but we've, we've two more photographs we want to bring people as well. So uh, 9th of August 2012, Katie Taylor, uh, uh, she beats Sofia Otragave of Russia. This is the Women's Light 60kg final contest. Pete Taylor, her coach and father, uh, Coach Zorantia in the photograph as well. This is, of course, the London 2012 Olympic Games in the XL Arena at the Royal Victoria Dock in London. Um I mean, it, this is a brilliant one, Ray. And and you were there in the room, and well, I was you, on a you bus, had busman's holiday. Yeah, well, you had an interesting one because a lot of people have spoken, and I think the noise broke the re- broke records and decibel levels uh, for the noise that the Irish fans had for Katie Taylor when she as she was winning gold, and well, that, that affected you. That. You can confirm that. <laughs> I can confirm. Tell, that. tell us how you can confirm that. I was. I've been at rugby World Cup. I've been at soccer World Cup. I've been at all Ireland finals, but. 
I came home out of that with a thing, a medical condition called tinnitus or tinnitus, as some people call it. I remember a week or so after that, I went to the chemist and said, oh, God, I have an awful buzz in my ear. And I believe I got the buzz in my ear, which I still have since 2012, uh, and I will have the rest of my life, albeit I could have a lot, a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But that's the day, like myself and uh, Tomas Greedy, uh, son of Frank, the Irish runner man, but he... Uh, Actually, his his uh, remembrance run is on tomorrow in the park. But um, we we went over on a busman's holiday, and we had no tickets going. And sure, again, I was I was standing near, relatively near the stadium, and I remember uh, I had more tickets. I could have give I gave away tickets in the finish, but look, there were much better pictures. But I just include that because I always remember, like tinnitus, while nominal in comparison to many things that people suffer, as I sit here. There's a buzz going through the really? both ears, right? Just bzzz. all because of that. It all leads back to the, the, the kid, I, kid, I, kid I believe. I believe, uh, uh, like the night I was in Iran at the soccer match when the banger arrived down beside me and nearly burned me coat. Two thousand one. The noise out of that stadium. The noise out of many things I've been at, but this was twice, three, four times as strong. Do you ever wear the ear protection when you're? Ah, you don't no, it, I don't. You uh, I don't wear. I don't wear wet coats. I don't wear anything. I'm look. I know you're not looking at it on the radio, but I'm sitting here in a short sleeve shirt. I don't feel the cold. I like my job, and I sit down on my backside on the ground. I concentrate on what I'm doing, and then, believe it or not, I get a thing what I call achievement fatigue. Right. Ball burst. Game over. About 20 minutes after the match, when you have all the pictures sent, that's it. And then I'm exhausted after yeah, that. home and wrecked, I can imagine. Come here, there's one last one. There, there is, look. the last photograph. We, we touched on it, I guess, because it's on the cover of a season of Sundays, this uh, latest edition that's out, and people can buy it uh, in all the, the bookshops. But uh, you have Sean O'Shea of Kerry and his teammates, Killian Spillane on the left and Adrian Spillane celebrating. So the referee, who's also in shot, Paddy Nealon, Blowing the full time whistle, he has his arms out to sig- to signal that this is the All Ireland semi final match, the iconic game, uh, Ray, between Dublin and Kerry at Croker. Yeah, iconic if you're from Kerry, uh, of course. I, I suppose iconic for the neutrals as well. Du- Dublin fans might not want to remember the no, the last no. kick and how it how it unfurled. No, no, but it, it was a case of um, there was a very late free, as you know, and he came up to take the free, and in fact, and I, I know again you can't see it on on your on your radio, but I'll show it there for those of you who are looking in. You know, we have a series of two, four, six, eight, ten or eleven pictures of him coming up, taking the free. The free goes over. Referee blows the final whistle. And to quote myself from earlier, ball burst, game over. Yeah, absolutely. A bit like this interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Ray, it's been uh, it's been really, really brilliant. To Before I go, I'd like to acknowledge the support of the likes of Carols of Tullamore. They're a lovely company lovely people and for the last number of years well obviously they were the longest ever supporters of uh, Offaly football and hurling and GAA they've given that up now but they've been very kind to us and without these type of people no doubt with your own show and various sponsors and advertisers couldn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. No. It makes it happen. As I said, people can get a season of Sundays, this latest edition, uh, in bookstores and wherever you usually get it. It's actually nearly sold out because Is this it? year, believe it or not, this year we, we're normally out about the last week in November or the first week in December, but because of the thing, the the way the championship went, we were out on the 1st of October. 
And I, I barely have enough of them now. Yeah, I can imagine they're flying off the shelves. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Uh, just to finish, someone has texted to 53106. Really enjoying listening to Ray. Great storyteller. Just the right amount of technical note. Season of Sundays is fantastic. Somehow he made, made me look like I was an athlete in the last two miles of the marathon recently. Thank you, Ray. Very enjoyable, says Tony. Um, you've had an incredible career and you continue to have an incredible career, Ray. So uh, delighted you've come into the studio and, and shared some of those brilliant photographs. Of course, people can... Watch this back on YouTube or listen back to the podcast if you've missed any of it. But um, Ray McManus, photography legend with Sportsfile, I think it's safe to say. Uh, thanks a million for coming into the studio to us. Good man. Thanks for the kind mention of the book. Absolutely. On sale here or there or wherever. Yeah, pick up a copy. I, cer- <laughs> I certainly will be. Uh, Ray, thanks a million. You can back. have that one for yourself. Ah, good man. I'll get you to sign it as well. The whole <laughs> lot. The whole lot. Uh, we'll be back after this with, uh, with OTP Football Saturday. Stay with us.